Thank you for visiting New Song Community Church on the web at newsongpdx.com. We pray that you will be blessed by listening to the message today. You are welcome to celebrate with us in worship and the word every Sunday at 10 a.m. We are located on the corner of Russell Street at 2511 Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Portland, Oregon. All right, if you're not standing, if you stand with us this morning, we're going to continue on with the second part of this message. You know, it talks about, actually, the subject is what's in your bag, and you say, how does that fit into the service? Well, you'll figure it out in a little bit. If you weren't here last week, I'll kind of fill in the blanks for you. We're going to go into Luke chapter 8, and I believe we're going to start at at verse 6. Are we starting at verse 6? Yeah. Which was wrong. It should have been, that was my fault. It should have started at verse 4. So I'm going to read verse 4 and verse 5, then we'll start at 6. Otherwise, it'll make a little bit better sense. He says, while a large uh, crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from a town, uh, he told his parable, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path, and it was trampled, and the birds uh, ate it up. And let's see, I think, yeah, okay, now you guys can do yours, some. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. This is the meaning of the parable. The the seed is the word of God. Those on rocky ground uh, are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while. But in in time of testings, they fall away. But the ones that fell on the ground, on the good ground, are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, Keep it and bear fruit with patience. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you because we're here today to to kind of finalize something we started just last week. We talked last week, Lord, on the on the from the premise of the belief that we have about God. When you distributed your wealth and your goods to those servants or to those, those who were serving you, and God, the, somehow they had a belief about you that just really, really wasn't true. And now we're gonna talk about seed that's been entrusted to us, that'll be sown. And we, we understand that even though the seed is good, Lord, the ground has to, be, has to be willing to accept it. 
We pray in the name of Jesus that people's hearts would be changed, that they would, they would find themselves in a place where they want to receive that of God and, and bring forth a crop that would bring forth uh, the resources of heaven. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your power. Thank you for your anointing. We pray all these things in the powerful name of Jesus and all God's people said. Amen. I want you to turn somebody, look him in the eye, tell them this. I want to sow good seed in your life. Come on. <laughs> Go ahead and be seated. It's really good when we have an opportunity to talk about things in the Word of God. And last week we talked about the content of the bags that were distributed to, to uh, some of the servants of a particular man. And we'll refer to this again. To kind of bring you up to speed, those of you who weren't here last week, we talked about, about the, a master who gave, gave out bags of talents. Then you found out that those talents weren't just ideas of just talents. But the very least that was given out was one got five, one got two, and one got one. And the one with one, and we kind of, we kind of deduced it down to back in the days of Palestine, that a talent was comparable to a, a day's wages as far as that was concerned. And he kind of broke it down. It was many days wages put together. What it really was in today's economy, the very least that was given to one of the servants was $1 million. What'd y'all do with your million dollars? Don't be looking at me funny. So there was no reason to complain. Everyone had the opportunity and some of them got $5 million and we hopefully resolved the idea that some of you are not $5 million people. You're just not. But we'll trust you with a million, but fives is a little bit too much. You can't handle it. So the deal behind it was, the idea was it was given to them, but it wasn't their money. He wanted it to be invested that his kingdom might be built. And that's kind of a, this is a very uh, brief summation of what happened. But today we're going to talk about it in this particular realm. That we talked about gold, talents, incredible potential to produce great increase for the master. But there's a striking similarity between gold and seed because they both have potential that can only be found when they are sowed properly. You can have the best seed in the world, but you put it in the wrong type of ground, it ain't going nowhere. I will confess to you, I am the worst person on this planet. Do not give me anything to plant, I will kill it. Do not give me a plant that needs to be watered. I'll forget to water it and it will wilt. It's just not in my nature. I do other things well, but I'm not good with plants. So leave, me, leave your plants wherever they are. I remember one time at our old house, I, I decided I was going to grow mustard greens, you know, good old-fashioned mustard greens. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have me some greens. I looked at the package. What are you supposed to do? I didn't read the package that says you have to plant it in sunlight. You open the back door and there's a nice little patch. I dug, dug it up and put it all in there. I watered that thing and I looked at it for a week. Ain't, it, ain't nothing happening. No, wasn't nothing wrong with the seed. There was something wrong with the seed sower. Because I thought you just throw it in the ground it's an instamix, you know? I'm going to leave that alone unless you judge me. But anyway, the seed is perfect, but the soil is the variable. It seems only reasonable that we examine the obstacles that would prevent us from, uh, <clears throat> from the benefit of good seed, of the word, finding the right lodging place in the hearts of those who desire to be fruitful and bring forth increase. <coughs> Excuse me. Here's our questions for today. Number one, do you see the value of the investment that the Lord has made in your life? 
the value. What is the value you place upon the Word of God that if you're a believer today, God has put the most precious, most valuable thing there is in your life? Is it going to produce anything profitable? Before you become disillusioned, look at the second one. Are you willing to abandon your idea of ownership to become a good steward of God's investment in you? You know, I remember back when I, was, <clears throat> I first became a believer, I thought the bigger the Bible, the better you are. I got me a Bible. I can't remember who it was. That thing was like carrying around a dictionary. And I remember, I, I, was, I was, you know, I was, I was pretty, you know, outspoken at my school. I went to Benson High School. And I showed up one day, I had this Bible, and mm, I'm ready to go. Until somebody told me that they weren't into the Bible, and they thought I was crazy. And you know what? I don't think I'd carry that Bible to school, but another day after that, and I never did it again. What I was so enthusiastic about, someone else talked me out of what a value that I had, and I stopped doing what I knew I wanted to do. Amen. I want to tell you, some of you have been sidelined by the comments and the opinions of other people that keep you from being productive. Amen. That's the reason why you don't witness somebody saying, you're a bunch of you know, religious wing nuts. Let me finish my quest here. Number three, are you looking forward to the day that you can return God's investment in you back to him with interest? Can I bring it down to you, for you this way? Are you just gonna be happy that you made it to heaven and will anybody be in heaven because of your witness to them that you can say, Lord, this is the, the produce of the seed you sowed in me. These people came along with me. Are you just happy you just kind of just squeaks and goes, I made it, I made it. Whatever. Well, we're going to look back at the, <coughs> excuse me, the, the message we had last week. We must take a look at our beliefs about God. Matthew chapter 25, verses 26 through 27. But, this, <coughs> but his Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. This may be disillusional for some of you, but do you think that God got a good deal when he saved you? And that was all there was to it. I want to let you know God made an investment in you that you could go tell the message to someone else that you and I might go through the, the doors of heaven with someone else saying, you know, Lord, you invested in me and here's all the people I'm bringing with me because of you. Wow. Well, the, interest, the interesting thing about this, all men of the parable were servants of the Lord. We can go, be okay with that. All have been saved by the grace of God through our belief in Jesus. The same blood that was shed for our sins was for all mankind. So none of us deserve salvation. The spiritual elitism of some of us feel like, oh, because I'm an American, because I believe, because my grandfather was in the church, I believe I should be entitled to have some, some, uh, uh, some step up toward the kingdom of God. Yea, verily, thou art crazy. The entitlement culture, unfortunately, of our society would dictate to us false 
beliefs about what we deserve to have. Until you, I think, until you've visited what we call a third world country, and I think it's kind of, that's even condescending at that point. But until you've visited a country that hasn't had the privileges or the opportunities that we've had, and I think it will change your mind of who you think is entitled to the, the word of God. But let's move on a little bit further. <clears throat> the unfaithful servant is a picture of the person who has the wrong beliefs attached to the salvation that was purchased with the blood of Jesus. We have to get over a, a false belief system that we deserve to be saved. We'll see, well, why? Let me help you with that. God gives us everything that we need to accomplish the things he's called us to do. But here's what the servant, if those of you don't remember the story was, remember they had one had five talents, one had two, the other had one, and the one who had one, he takes a talent that the Lord had given him, a million bucks, and puts it in the ground. If I gave you a million dollars and you buried it in the backyard, people would think you are absolutely crazy. We said, so how could he do that? And here's his, here's his response was, well, I knew that you're a hard taskmaster and I was afraid to put it to use, so I just buried it in the backyard so you wouldn't be mad at me. Really? And you think I'm gonna congratulate, oh, that's okay, Dexter, that's perfectly fine. If that's how you felt that I was, I don't want, I don't want to, to hurt your psyche. Well, Matthew 13, 14 says, the prophecy is fulfilled, it says, hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. No one will have to vote on this, I can vote for you. Ever heard something, didn't understand? Uh Uh-huh. Ever seen something, still didn't figure it out? Maybe not. But let's go a little bit further. The unprofitable servant was given more than a million dollars he buried in the backyard. God expects us to use our talents to promote the work of the kingdom. Moving on to the thought, it goes to this. The master called out the sins of wickedness and laziness rather than accepting the servant's accusations of unreasonable expectations from his master to generate increase. The rebuke that he gave to this servant was, you lazy and wicked Servant. I know you've never been called those words. Lazy, wicked. I'm tired. tired. I used to get, well, as a parent, I had to learn. But, you know, when my kids would tell me, I'm just so tired, I'm thinking, what in the world have you done? (laughs) Hadn't done a thing. And God, oh, they get, get up, you know, they get up at 9.30, at 11 o'clock, and say, honey, you need to clean around, I'm just so tired, I just don't know what to do with myself. And you want me, oh, you want me to come out and play basketball with you? Sure, I'm, I'm good, hey. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how it leaves? What they're trying to tell you is, I don't want to work for nothing. But when something I'm excited about, mm, count me in. That's what Christians are like or I should say unprofitable servants. The master called out the sins of wickedness and laziness rather than accepting the servant's accusations of unreasonable expectations. He was given an opportunity to experience the joy of investing the talents that you were entrusted, were entrusted to him. 
I want to tell you what you're missing. When God gives you something, it's not the fact that he gets all the glory. He gets us to share in the glory or the celebration of us rightfully using the gifts that are in our lives. And there are some very, very gifted and talented people in, in this audience today. Some of them have careers in nursing and being doctors, and some of you are attorneys and athletes and all kinds of different, there's a whole you know, a, a variety of people here. But it mean, it's of no good if you don't invest your talents wisely and monitor them and be willing to give God the glory. Otherwise, it's a waste of time. I've seen people that are incredibly talented and their, their whole life is wasted away because they are too L-A-Z-Y. Oh, man. Oh, it's 12.30, man. Oh, boy, I really need that. So you went to bed at 12 last night. Hello? Let me help you with this, okay? He was given an opportunity to experience the joy of investing his talents and trusting him. And he, uh, he had an ungrateful spirit and buried his talent uh, out of protest. I want to tell you another side of our psyche. Is that sometimes we will, in, we will compare what we were given to what someone else was given. And we go on strike. This is not fair. And remember I told you about fair last week? Because the whole, the, this whole uh, uh, principles that, were, that we were taught about, and he, knowing what they could do, gave them according to their ability to handle it. And if God only gave you one, that you are a one-note samba, okay? Some of you don't believe it. And you'll kill yourself trying to be something that you're not. Well, here's a question for you. Are you boycotting God on some, some level of your life? I'm not going to participate until God really realizes who I am. He's not confused. You are. If he was, here's, here's something to suggest in this whole situation. He's like buried in the ground because I was afraid. Of what you might do to me. All right, here's my little statement to that. If he was truly afraid of God, he would have responded differently. Remember, he's already called, you're a hard taskmaster. You reap where you've not sown before. So I buried you in the ground. That, something doesn't add up. If you really believe those things about me, then you would have responded differently because what I'm about to you, 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 should, be, you should have got, finished the whole sentence thing and you're probably going to punish me for the rest of my life. But some things about God we believe and some things we don't. And we have a, a misconstrued conception of God and we try to blame God for being God of who he is, knowing all the time he has expectations. Uh, did you ever stop to think that this is his world? And he created everything. Amen. Let that marinate for a moment. The Lord's desire for us is to enter into the joy of increase. Matthew chapter 25, verse 21. This is a good, good one for you. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's joy. You know something? I want to make some of you really excited today. 
God is excited and happy over the success of the gifts that he's given to you, that you've expanded, that if, as long as you give him the glory, I tell you, God is excited for you. Amen. Doesn't matter what you're doing at this particular, if you have a talent, if you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, if you're an athlete, whatever you happen to be, give God the glory. He's the one who gave you the ability to do it. Amen. And when you give him the glory and get excited about this, I tell you what, it increases, it doesn't decrease. Well, of course, you know, the abilities that I've had, I was born with them. I just came from the womb. I was destined to be successful. And some people are like that and some are not. I'm sorry that you don't have the gift that I do. But, you know, some of us are more favored than others. And it's obviously, I've been lucky. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't believe in luck. So don't take me to the casino. I'll get, I'll, I'll get rid of all your money. <laughs> 24 red. It's not? Oh, shucks. When we bury, I gotta leave that, okay. <laughs> when we bury our entrustment from the Lord, it is more than our pride and fear of the Lord's dissatisfaction with our performance. When we know that what God expects of us we have no excuse. I've got to tell you probably one of the most hurtful things I've ever done in my life, and I'm just being very vulnerable to you, and I can tell you when it happened. I was probably 14 years old. I've been a believer since I was nine. There was a fellow in, my, in, our, in our neighborhood, his name was, I can, I'll never forget his name, his name was Terry Diachmo. And Terry lived in the, the house down the street from us. And I know the Holy Spirit told me on several times I needed to share my faith with him. And so he's he's really cool guy at school. He was a really athlete and this type of thing. He was a really good, you know, softball player. And I was on his team, this type of thing. And I remember specifically, the Lord said, "You need to share your testimony about you know serving Jesus." But that wasn't cool. I mean, I didn't want him to think I was some religious, you know. Guy, so I didn't do it. Well, I remember there was a strong impression. I said, I really need to talk to Terry. What happened was, one night he and some friends, they had taken their dad's car and what kids do, stupid stuff. And they took it, and, they, and not far from our house was the railroad tracks, and they got the car out there, he got stuck on the railroad tracks, the train came along, and Terry died. And I never shared with him. That has never ever left my mind. I had an opportunity to share Jesus with him. I don't know what happened the day before this particular thing happened, but it has never left my mind. I hope I can put some indelible impression in you that when God tells you to do something, do you think he's going to congratulate you for your disobedience? I don't think so. He left it in my mind enough to say, when God tells you to do something, do it. Don't hesitate. Well, let me just get into our lesson for today. I just have a few minutes for that. Find success in sowing seed. Mark chapter 4, verses 3 through 6. And he said, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some of the, the seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it, and some fell on stony ground where it did not have 
much earth, and immediately it sprang up, and because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. I want to give you a whole analysis about this scripture and try to meld both of these, these parables together. But the first thing we got to look at is the very fact that we must develop a clear love for the seed of the Word of God that we have been given to sow it into the world. How do you love the Word of God? You say, well, uh, you read it. That is not loving the Word of God. So, and I remember we used to have Bible drills as a kid, and we see who could memorize all the scriptures and this other type of thing, and we got prizes for it and this type of thing. That's not loving the Word of God. Loving the Word of God is choosing to believe in spite of controversial opposition that this is indeed the truth that comes from God. Amen. In it is in eternal life. In it is his truth, irrefutable. So that being the case, we're responsible for the places that we distribute or sow the Word of God. I got a word for you. If you don't believe it, don't share it. Amen. That's harsh. It's truth. Jesus is the Savior of the whole world. Well, and here's how some of you do. Yeah, he's the Savior of the whole world, but you know there are some exceptions. And there's, you know, and there's other, other groups that have some very good, good, very good line on truth. And I believe that God is a God of the universe and will accept people at the level where they're at. Really? Get off my team. Because God's word is the only way, truth, and life. The word of God is not a postulate. It's a person. Jesus is the living word of God and everything that he says, everything that comes out of his mouth is out of the mouth of God. That's what you put your life on. Well, he says, there's other philosophers that really have good truths that will help people live better lives. Okay. I'm not gonna argue with you. I don't have time today. Next week I will. No, maybe not. It'll take a while. So here's what happens. The word of God is sown, and, and Satan used the birds of the air to snatch away the word of God that, was, that, that he was trying to sow. We must be aware of the environment when we are sharing the word of God. Never share the word of God with argumentative people. Amen. The word of God is not a debate. I've told this story before, so those of you who haven't heard it, those of you who have heard it, you can bounce your checkbook. I'll be back in a few seconds. I was at PSU, 1966. Christianity versus the countercultures, it was a debate. And the, we came down to this, this, ah, the fire of God, any person who believes in Jesus is an idiot. Really? I, and this, is, this was my answer to that person. I said, how much of total world knowledge do you know? I'll give you 10%. Is it possible that Jesus could be who he says he is and you don't know it? I mean, you talk about the put down, the beat down. Well, that was wonderful. I said, 
I proclaim that Jesus is the only one born of the Spirit of God and that he changed my life. He can change your life if you put your trust and belief in him. There's no other name under heaven of why men can be saved other than the name. I tell you, folks, were, folks weren't even saved. They, wow, this guy really believes that. Because the anointing of the Spirit of God was upon my life and he can refute all the works of darkness. Folks, you need to stand up for what you believe. Amen. Well, let me go on. We must be aware of the environment. Sometimes that works good, and sometimes God says, shut up. They don't, they're not going to hear it. Leave it alone. Well, this parable is, is an agricultural metaphor about the kingdom of God. Jeremiah 6.10. Here we go. To whom shall I speak and give warning that they may hear? Now watch this. Indeed, their ear is uncircumcised. They cannot give heed. Behold, the word of the Lord is a reproach to them, they have no delight in it. Oh, so there are some people, and I don't want to use the term that you're wasting your time, but when, when they have an uncircumcised ear, and uncircumcised, just you know, put it in a practical sense, is they would rather respond to the things of the flesh, things of the spirit, they will not hear what you've got to say. They will argue with you. They'll go, well, what about this? And what about that? And what about, you know, uh, inequities in different countries? And what about slavery? And what about, and they'll go on and on and on. They got some particular thing. Try to refute the word of God. Well, the word of God is being sown everywhere. The people who are untouched by the word are often victims of the word being stolen from them before they can process it. Remember what he said? The word of God sown, and the birds of the air fly on this. Oh, the word of God, before this comes seed, I'm going to grab it and take it out. I'm going to be honest with you. What I do every time, every Sunday morning, I'm in my office and I'm saying, God, I'm going to be preaching the word of God, and I rebuke the power of Satan to snatch the word of God before people get, even get, get close to get into their hearts. It's a spiritual battle. Because you know what will happen? You'll be sitting in here, and you'll be hearing the word of God, and all of a sudden you get an idea. You know, I need to balance my checkbook. Oh, let me check my emails right here. Oh, let me do some particular thing. And all of a sudden, something you haven't thought about for years, all of a sudden they'll pop into your mind, and all of a sudden you are distracted. You, you're sitting here, but you're downtown. You hear what I'm saying? That is the birds of the air, the power of Satan to get you distracted from hearing what you need to hear to change your life. Okay, you say, oh, I need some help with this. How does this actually work? The fact of the matter is, every four and a half minutes, unless you stay focused, you have a, the possibility of taking off on a run. Some of you quicker than that. Some of you are two, a half, two and a halfers. 90 seconds. I'm away from you, Pastor. I'll be back. I'm at Lloyd Center right now. I know it's closing someday, but I can get the last tail. Many live, live there like they've never had been invested in by the Spirit of God, by the Word of God. These people are like many that leave church early or leave church today. Now watch this. Get ready. Unchanged. 
If you leave here today unchanged, I'm going to tell you what happened to you ahead of time. The bird of the air of the spirit of, of darkness has snatched the word before it gets to the ground to make a change in your life. Relax, I've got a solution for that. It'll happen in the next few minutes. The best description of the birds of the air taking the good seed is statistics have proven, you know, that, that in a time frame of about four and a half, four point two minutes. Cell phone and media distractions are often used by the enemy to convince us that we are missing out on something that needs our immediate attention. Now, let's take it away from church for now. You're sitting down, you're having a great dinner with folks and the type that you're over someone's house and everybody's just playing games, laughing, this type of thing. And all of a sudden, you don't even know why, but you reach in your chest and you pull out your cell phone. Like, you know, the president, or I wouldn't say the president, leave that alone. Someone was calling you that you really care that was calling you, okay. And of course, they're not there. But it's to distract you from a meaningful conversation. People say, that rule's really rude. I mean, we're over here having a party and you're just checking your emails? Really? Can I ask you why you did that? And you know something, some of you, you thought, well, I don't know. I just thought maybe someone might have called me and I need to call them back. That tells me a couple of things about you. Number one, you're rude. And number two, you're not satisfied with the place where you are. You'd rather be somewhere else. Oh, well. Let me move a little further. We must learn how to take our thoughts captive to be obedient to the words of Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. That's in the Bible. That's one you probably should remember. Well, you said it. How do I do it? You have to say to yourself, that is not more important than what I'm doing right now. I'll deal with that later. And get back retune, refocus back on where you are. In other words, tell yourself, I'm falling for this. I'm done. This is where I am. This is where I'm going to, ref- going to find myself refueled and refed. And that's what's going to happen today. Well, we must be willing to put blame where it really belongs. Wage and offenses, the things that steal the word of God, the seed is the same regardless of the environment it ends up in. Let me make this perfectly clear. The word of God is not the variable. The soil of your heart is the variable. When we sow seed, we must take our authority over the enemy that will steal, kill, and destroy the works of the spirit if he's allowed to. Now quickly, we must be aware of the shallow places in our life that will prevent the seed of the word from germinating. Brace yourself. Some of you are shallow. You say, what do you mean shallow? Oh, that was a great word to go. Oh, the worship was just so great today. Oh, 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 it was just so wonderful. 
ask them a month, uh, uh, an hour from now what I preached on, they couldn't tell you. Oh, that worship song, oh, the worship song, oh, I felt like I was in heaven. Ask them what the worship song was, they can't tell you. It was just on the surface, it, it touched your emotions. And I'm not here to touch your emotions, I'm here to touch your spirit so there'll be a change so you can have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to resolve one thing. And just one thing, if you can resolve one thing, it'll be the best thing you've ever done. That when you walk through those doors, it's not because of me or anybody else that's up here, but you say, God, I'm here for one purpose, to allow your Holy Spirit to talk to me. And for the next half an hour, 45 minutes, or however long you're here, God, I am completely yours. Speak to my heart. Can you do that? Amen. Things will change. Amen. But I am so tired of the whole hum, kick your legs back. Okay, tell me something I don't know. Make me happy. Give me a thrill. Seriously? <sighs> Going deep into the Word requires the soil of our heart to be cultivated by the depth of the Spirit or stepped by the Spirit. The same sun, watch this, that melts wax is the same sun that makes hard ground or ground hard. See, the sun's up there. All the sun does is it shines. And whatever is targeted that's in its way, if it's ground that used to be soft, it'll become hard. If you don't want it to become hard, then you have to water that ground. But if it's something you want it to melt, you just leave it out in the sun, it'll take care of it. The sun is not the variable. The ground is. We must purge the soil of our hearts to eliminate weeds that choke out the harvest for our souls. And I don't have to spend a lot of time with this because my time's just about up. But before we sow precious seed, we must be diligent to make room for the seed to flourish. Some of you have got too much stuff in your life. I said, some of you have too much stuff in your life. Can I get an amen? amen. Now, if those of you really mean it, say amen again. Amen. In other words, you need to clear the playing field. You got too much stuff going on. And so you're just, you, and here's what it, oh, let's move that away. We got to make room for the word of God. We got to make, if you got to make room for the word of God, what's the priority in your life? There should be a place that's in your life that nothing else takes its place other than the word of God. This is what God gets. This is for him and nobody can move it. Well, it sounds reasonable to me. The seed is accepted in good soil, and we do not get to decide the level of increase the Lord allows us to produce. This is the very last part of it, and I think it will resolve this whole thing for us. Mark chapter 4, verse 20, and then we're going to have some decisions to make. Then the end result, let's get it, let me read this, says, but these are the ones sown on good ground, those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. I want you to take your mind off of 30, 60, and 100, and stop it, they bear fruit. Don't find a category, oh, I want to be a 60. Oh, if I make to 30, I'm good. 
I want to be 100%. That's not, the, that's not the goal of that scripture. The acceptance of the word of God is an action of our hearts that we're thirsty to receive new life. The result of the produce that, that is determined by the roots of our life. And we should be fruitful, but God governs the amount of productivity. It means this, that seeds react to the ability and the success that the Lord knows you can handle. I want to speak of some words of encouragement over every person that's here today. And some of you are here today over the fact of, oh, gee, I hope, you know, oh, the coronavirus isn't that new song. Oh, I guess I, I'm going to take a risk and then come. You know, just, just to make you, just to let you know that we're not stupid. The people who've, who've been concerned about this, we had our staff go through our children's area and we had them just totally clean everything that's in there. You didn't have to force us to do that. It's just, it's just precautionary things that you do for folks. We did that for you, for, your, for those of you that are concerned. But even beyond that, we should be willing to see what God's going to do in our lives. Here's our last scripture for today. We must understand the principle of the parables. Matthew chapter 13, verse 11 through 13, and we're done. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, of heaven, excuse me, but to them has not been given. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Doesn't that seem like the most unfair scripture in the whole Bible? Well, really it's not. God is good. And I told you, but he's not fair. God invests in profitable people. We must be willing to change the things that would cause God not to want to invest in us. How's that said? We get the opportunity to change the things in us that would make God not want to invest in us. There's attitudes, there's habits, there's belief systems that we get to change. God is not going to tell you how to believe. Now, I wore my shirt again. Believe. Got that? Believe. What that means is belief is a choice. What you don't believe is you chose that. I don't believe that. I cannot change your mind. But when we choose to believe, it's based upon the word of God and not on anything else that may be coming our way. Well, there's a list of different things that, as, as the choir comes up here that I want to talk about, the last few things we have. Choir, make your way up here. Four questions you must answer. Number one, why do you think God gave you what he did? That's kind of a loaded question. If you came up with the answer because I deserve it, wrong. God gave it to you expecting increase out of your life. And he gave you the capacity to bring increase to him. Number two. I, have, I could make this longer, but I'm not going to. Number two, have you accurately assessed your potential? In other words, have you allowed the devil to try to talk you out? Well, you're not going to do that well. Just kind of just do mediocre and you'll be fine. God does not make poor investments. 
Number three, what do you believe he's requiring of you today? You can walk out those doors and say, that was a great service. Wow, God was really talking to people today. That was wonderful. Or when we pray in a few moments, there's only one question you need to ask God. What do you want from me today? I added one when I was up in my office. And this is one that is so personal. I hope it doesn't hurt your feelings. But are you a good investment? Don't ask anybody else. I think you need to ask yourself. Am I a good investment? Everyone bow your heads. We're getting ready to close. Everybody, everybody, everybody. I'll leave that last question resonating with you. Are you a good investment? I don't want you to look to your wife, to your husband, to a friend. Thank you for listening today. We pray that you have been blessed by listening to the message. You are welcome to celebrate with us in worship and the Word every Sunday at 10 a.m. If you have a prayer need, we welcome you to submit it through our website. We'd love to pray for you. Will you consider supporting us with your prayer and financial gifts? God bless you.